Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week 10. It's getting late early. How are you? How are you doing? How was your Halloween? My Halloween was splendid. We were having a debate over uh, whether or not to run the intro video. And Scott was like, we're, we're doing it, baby. <laughs> fire, from the, fire from the hip. And here we are. Um, all I know is that I'm sure Scott is excited that you've cursed in the first 20 seconds of this show. So I'm, that'll go really oh, great in post-production. Yeah. That's nice and easy. I'll try not to do it too, too many more times this evening. Uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, yeah. Scott said we'll we'll do it live, and uh, and then we did. So here we are, uh, week ten. We got to preview some games, Mike. Before we do that, should we? Uh, there was a little bit of news that we got earlier this week. You want to hit on that real quick? Uh, yeah, let's do it. ACC scheduling. Yeah, we have the, new uh, teams, so we have to do this again. I'd say the seventeen team ACC. Uh, we've had a, a solid one year of post-divisional ACC scheduling, and now we're going to add a team in Dallas and two teams in the Bay Area, and now we've got a new scheduling model. And um, yeah, there was a big to-do about this. What was it, Monday night, I think? And the conference released it, and, and it was like this big news and like all this stuff. And I, I think – I felt like I was trying to be pretty concise with my tweet about this, uh, of, you know, my first two main takeaways from this were number one conference realignment sucks and B this a B whatever. I don't know. B this is dumb. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I continue to just be really irritated and frustrated that like, we're trying to work in a schedule with 17 teams and we're killing off more rivalries and we're sending teams from Syracuse and Winston-Salem and Miami to the Bay Area and just it just further reinforces how like dumb I find all of this and how frustrated I am that this is where we're at with college football in general. Yeah, I mean Cal Stanford SMU ACC schools what a time. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean you you kind of hit on my thoughts with it in general i mean specific to virginia tech which is really to be honest with you like i saw the graphic that showed like all the teams and their you know their permanent you know scheduling rivals that sort of thing i am glad that virginia tech will be playing both miami and uva on a regular basis like, i think the the one thing that was lost with the schedule the 335 scheduling format we're at now is that the Hokies lost that permanent you know, scheduling game with, with Miami. I am happy about that. See, Caleb Fields mentioned that in the comments. Like, I, I'm with them, and I think a lot of Virginia Tech fans are happy about that. Cam Underwood messaged us in, in the group Twitter thread we have. and Hey, Cam. Mentioned, hey, Cam. And mentioned that he's happy about it. It's just a long-time rivalry that is now going to be played every year for the foreseeable future, which is good. It's a very good thing. So I'm happy about that as a Virginia Tech alum. Outside of that, like, this whole thing's dumb. I don't really – and it's not the ACC's fault, you know? I no, as, a little bit. It's mostly ESPN's fault, I guess. I, it's it's not the ACC's fault in terms of, like, this is what they had to do, like, given what's going on. Like, they had to adjust the schedule. Yeah. But every time I see something change with this, I'm just like, man, this whole thing, it just makes me more irritated um, as far as kind of the state of college football and where it's headed. 
I, I just, yeah. And as far as like this being ACC and ESPN's fault, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. But <laughs> as far as releasing a new schedule and looking at where teams are falling when and that sort of thing, I, I can only get as excited about a year from now, right? As you know, I, I can't get too excited about 28, 29, 30, 31. Like, I, okay, when are we playing Stanford? I don't really care. Like, when are we yeah. playing Cal? I, when do we have to go to the West? When do we get, you know, you have to go to the West Coast and play in Berkeley? I don't really care. Like, it, it just is what it is, right? I, I'm I not happy say, about I, it. I, I think Georgia Tech doesn't play one of the new teams until at least 26, if not 27. Yeah. Um, and I'm just trying to remember this off the top of my head because I really don't care enough about it to like actually pull it up and look at it. Yeah. Um, w- one thing I will call out is that this actually kind of mirrors a little bit what the Big Ten announced that they're doing. And, and there were a lot of people that were concerned going up to the Big Ten announcement of like, there's a lot of rivalries and trophies and all this stuff within the Big Ten. It's like, how are they going to preserve this? And you know, how do you preserve one without the other? And the Big Ten's basically just like, well, some teams are going to have them have a few preserved, some are going to have none preserved, and some will have one or two. And it's like a totally uneven scheduling model from a, in terms of like consistent opponents year over year. Yeah. Say, if I remember correctly, I think all the the triangle teams are basically like locked in. They'll all play each other every year. Georgia Tech and Louisville have no no standing opponents year over year. Like it's just a totally new set of opponents every year. Sure, man. What? And how did they arrive at that? I mean, how did they arrive at Georgia Tech and Louisville being the two? I mean, apparently Georgia Tech specifically said, you know, that like we're willing to have no, uh, no standing rivals, which like, again, it's great that Virginia Tech gets Miami every year, but like we've talked about on this podcast, it's kind of a bummer. Like after so many years of Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech determining the winner of the Coastal Division and like being a, a legitimate fun rivalry, all those Thursday night games that they would play, getting the spotlight and everything. And it was like that all just kind of went away for this year. And now it still doesn't really come back. And yeah, it's like I, I kind of understand that if Georgia Tech were to have gotten one permanent rival. It's probably Clemson, and that probably doesn't help your uh, your annual win loss case. You know, if you don't get Clemson, it's probably Florida State, which also doesn't really help your annual win loss case, especially right now when they're kind of getting it rolling again. Might might have helped this year getting Clemson. So yeah, you kind of understand it from like a, I guess from a win loss standpoint. You know, it yeah. doesn't hurt not having a permanent rival, but like from just the generic like college football fan standpoint. Like what? What are we doing? Tom Fornelli made reference to. I was listening to Cover Three. He made reference to Arizona State maybe winning a Big Twelve title with Kenny Dillingham in the next couple of years. Like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, not not the prediction's fine, but like Arizona State in the Big Twelve. What are we doing? Yeah, I just this whole thing makes me crazy. I know. I hate it. I hate it. It's it's. At least as somebody who has been a college football fan and a significant college football fan. And by the way, the people we're doing this live on Wednesday night, uh, it's November 1st. The people in the chat, if you're a big enough college football fan to be here in the chat right now, if you're listening to this after the fact, chances are very good that like none of this is really all that interesting or exciting for you. It's like this, this diminishes the sport. It does not enhance it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, I assume that everyone kind of understands where we're coming from on this, that this is not a net positive 
for the ACC, but it is a like a necessary survival tactic, whatever that means in this day and age. We talk about it like we're bored about, but we're bored with this topic and we're pissed because we're bored about you know with this topic and we're pissed. That's yeah. Kind of... If we wanted to do like the the uh, oh, what is it the the ex- excitement like you know we could try to play this thing up and and really try to generate interest and clicks and content over it and act like this is like a super cool fun thing. No but- God. <laughs> No, God, please, no, no. We would, no. You got it, Scott. No we way. Would, no! We would be, <laughs> we would be, the no at the end always gets me. We would be lying to you if we did yeah. that. No. We're, we're not going to sell that for clicks. We would yeah. be lying. So, yeah. So, not going to do it. Not excited. Not excited. Um, I'm, I'm kind of trying to savor college football this year for what it is before it just totally turns into something else starting next year. And um, yeah. it's been such so. a fun season too. Like it has, it's been a very fun college football season. So the PAC 12 has been awesome. It won't exist next year. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy it because it has been a really fun season so far. And uh, so, yeah, Pac-12 to enjoy it. you know, I wouldn't bet against the PAC 12 getting a team in the playoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, as we sit here being of November, I think it's more likely than not. So, yeah, Agree with that. Agree yeah. with that. Uh, Mike, you want to talk about some games this weekend? Let's do that. That's more fun. That is way more fun. Week 10 in the ACC. We got eight games on the docket. We got two weeknight games, which is a nice welcome change here. Uh, we can start Thursday night at 730 on ESPN as the Wake Forest Steam and Deeks on the road in Durham. Taking on the Duke Blue Devils. Duke, a 12 and a half point home favorite. Totals 44 and a half. Um, as much as I, I don't think Wake is very good this year, and as much as I, I think Duke is also is still pretty good and the home team, Mike, am I crazy for kind of wanting Wake Forest and 12 and a half in this game, in a game where I'm not sure what Duke's offense is going to look like? You got to really want them. You gotta really want it. You gotta really, really want to make that leap. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I Duke without Riley Leonard, with Henry Belin at quarterback, there is no passing game. Yeah, I mean, there's not, and you know, maybe full week of work, and you know, you think that Belin's going to play. Maybe there is a passing game like installed that will maybe work and get the job done. But there's really no semblance of a passing game when Riley Laird is not in the lineup. And when he is in the lineup, it's been just okay. There hasn't been this like fantastic unit all year. I think offensively here, what we saw last week out of Duke is that when Leonard is healthy, this offense looks a lot different mm-hmm. when he's not healthy this is a pretty average, a pretty average unit as a whole. They don't throw the ball great, even when Leonard's right, and they really don't run it all that well when he's hurt. And if you get Riley Leonard in this game, I am not sure coming off of a game on Saturday where he didn't look particularly healthy. I don't think all of a sudden on a short week he's going to look like a totally different guy. That would that would really surprise me. But you flip it over to the other side, and 
what does Wake Forest have to offer you offensively? Not a whole lot. They don't run it well. They don't pass it well. They don't really know who their starting quarterback is, right? Um, Griffiths kind of started last week out of necessity. Wake Forest, of course, went to Michael Kern in the second half of the Virginia Tech game. He looked pretty good. Then he was hurt. And then Griffiths was also hurt. And they went with the Italian kid. I don't even remember. Marucci? Santino Marucci. I was just looking that name up. Wondering if this is a Mitch Griffiths game, a Michael Kern game, or a Santino Marucci game. It's musical chairs at quarterback. And I have no confidence in Wake Forest in this spot on the road night game. Duke will be up for it because it's a triangle game against Wake Forest. They'll be up for it. I have no trust in the Wake Forest offense going up against the Duke defense for four quarters. It can go under 44 and a half. There might not be much in the way of Duke offense here. But even if Riley Leonard is a shell of himself, I would be very surprised if Duke cannot cover the 12 and a half here. I don't see Wake Forest's path to scoring a lot of points. I really don't. So yeah. g- give me Duke ugly. How's uh, 20 to 6? Six. Six. <laughs> 20 to 7 gets you there. 20 to 7 gets you there. I, this is an under game for me, too, by the way. Under, 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 under. Yeah, total 44 under. and a half. Hard under here. Under, um, I'm, under. Consider betting it under. I'm more interested in the under than I am in, in the spread here. Um, yeah, if I had told you, Mike, back in, I don't know, August, that in the Wake at Duke game, we were going to be asking which of three possible quarterbacks Wake was going to be playing. How would you have felt about that? <laughs> Who was going to win that game? Well, if we were shuffling, right, you're shuffling the deck, and you told me that months ago, you're like, we have no idea who's playing quarterback for Wake Forest. Be like, I'm probably going to take Duke. Yeah. Probably taking Duke because I know who's starting for them. Now he's hurt. That is is a lot of points. And and especially with what Duke's offense has looked like the last couple weeks with – hampered Riley Leonard and and we know what it looks like when Henry Boleyn is in there and I just like I'm not confident in Duke to like cover this number but I also think that what the way that Wake Forest offense and quarterback situation has looked and what and the, and the way that Duke's defense can really mess with an opposing offense I almost feel like there could be a couple of short fields that help to prop up the score a little bit for Duke I think give me the Blue Devils. I think lay them, and mm-hmm. I I don't feel good about it. I wouldn't bet that with my own money. Um, I, I think if it's like if it's in a pick'em and I'm, I need another you know one or two games there. I, I guess that'll be one of them. But it's a <laughs> lot of points to lay with this situation for Duke's offense. But I I trust their defense so much that I'm kind of willing to do it at home. Yeah, on a short week. Home short week defense. Yeah. No, no confidence in Wake's offense. Yeah. 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 Wake's offense has been pretty rough. And and if if Duke decides that they just want to just run it right at them for four quarters on offense, too, it's a shot that they could do that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of the things that I think we missed on the, the recap, I will say, is that uh, not only was Duke missing or kind of only at like half speed Riley Leonard, 
Um, there was a, a one of their offensive linemen that they were missing. I think it was their left tackle that was out for that entire game as well that uh, really made things a little bit easier for Louisville's defense, um, I, I will say. So I, I don't know the status on if he'll be back for this game or not, um, but Wake's defense a little bit less daunting than Louisville's is. So I, I suspect that the Blue Devils are able to move the ball a little bit better and just – we should probably acknowledge the fact that Duke is almost a 14-point favorite in a game coming off of a shutout. Does that not tell us something about like, you know, where Louisville is versus where Wake is as as a yeah. an opponent quality right. kind of thing? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I think Duke um definitely the under. Definitely the under. This yeah. this number might be like 10 points too high from from a total <laughs> standpoint. Like yeah, I don't know. They'll get anywhere close to that. Yeah, I'm probably betting the under. I am not going to walk it up for purposes of this podcast. Well, mm-hmm. I might come back to that. That's an option. Uh, yeah, let's move on for now. Yeah, there, there's one in particular I'm very interested in. <laughs> You'll never guess. I could be any of them. It uh, could be. Duke in the under for the both of us. Let's move on to Friday night. This is also at 730. It is on ESPN2, where the Boston College Eagles are on the road in the Carrier Dome taking on the Syracuse Orange. Producer Scott, please confirm that I am seeing this line right, that Syracuse is favored in this game by two and a half points. Uh, I completely believe that the, the total is 50 and a half Scott, is Syracuse actually favored here? Uh, I just did the lines and the banners before we started the podcast. I will double check to make sure I didn't make a mistake. Yes, Syracuse minus two and a half. Gross. No, thank you, everybody. No, thanks. What? Why? (laughs) Okay. Does, Does somebody know something here, Mike? Because this makes not the least bit of sense to me. Like... I would have said Boston College by like three here or something like that. This this line is stinky as hell to me. Is Cassianos not playing? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a great question. I mean, he came back into the game last week. Uh, Pete Thamel's probably tweeted about it 14 times. He loves tweeting about Boston College. No, no, no. He does that on Saturday mornings after the Tuesday morning pr- coach press conference. <laughs> Sources say. Uh, Sources with a coach five days ago. Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing anything specifically saying that Castellanos isn't playing. Mm. That's the only way that this makes sense to me is if, if this game is going to have some more head to it. Um, <laughs> I. That's the best I've got. <laughs> I think what you meant to say was more dome. This is in the JMA wireless dome. That's right. In the dome. That's right. More dome. More dome in the dome. (laughs) Scott, you sick sick bastard. More dome in the dome. Uh, Yeah. I don't. Please. Dude, this is this line is stinky as anything. And we talked about, again, like. Maybe I'm putting too much into this Syracuse-Virginia Tech game, but like Syracuse coming off the bye, we knew that they were down pretty bad off those three losses in a row, but we knew this in August that that was going to be a brutal stretch. 
They come off the bye. They're a three-point dog at Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. And they turn around and just get blown out. And there was some quit factor there. They lose by four scores. And it probably wasn't even that close. And to turn around and be at home as a favorite? Like, I'm... And, and with Boston College, what they've done in recent weeks, I... If, if this line weren't so stinky, I would be all over Boston College, like on the field. I think they're going to win the game, get to bowl eligibility. Syracuse quitting, you know, like all this stuff. Like, is Virginia Tech that good, Mike? Is there, Are they so good that they should have won that game by four scores? That particular game, yes, but nine times out of ten, no. I was looking at, like, the net success rate numbers, and yes, Virginia Tech did have as much success as they looked like they had. They probably should have won the game by more, actually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but nine times out of ten, the answer is no. The answer is no. So, can you make any like he- any sense of this or head or tails, Mike? What? Why is this number what it is? I'll try to help you guys out. Syracuse, lock it up. Oh, you better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Let's just lean into it. I think this is an overreaction. First of all, this game is disgusting to bet. So I just want to get that out of the way. Weeknight, uh, JMA Wireless Dome, but Syracuse, I, Boston College action. But I will let you know that I am not locking this game up to not bet it on Friday night. I am all over this thing. Uh, yeah, we're locking up Syracuse. The I, I think there's a couple things at play here. Number one, Thomas Castellanos' health. Number two, I think it's an overreaction right to Syracuse's loss to Virginia tech, which you just kind of brought up uh, three, like these games are always tough and tight and ugly. And BC is not like they they've looked improved over the course of the last like five or six weeks with Castle Alonso quarterback. They didn't look particularly good against UConn, right? They, they could not separate against a one win UConn team last Saturday. True. Yeah. Like that was not that was not a great look for BC uh, in a game where, yeah, I know Castellanos got banged up, but he came back in. I don't know, man. And I'm not saying Syracuse is good. They're on foreign conference. They've played three of the four most talented teams in the ACC. Uh, well, yeah, three of the four most talented teams in the ACC. I was going to slide a Clemson joke in there, but we'll, we'll hold that for later. But yeah, I mean, they've had a tough conference schedule and they had a tough scheduling spot, honestly, going to Blacksburg where Virginia Tech's on fire and now you have to go play them on Thursday night. That was a really tough spot for Syracuse last week, um, even coming off of a little bit of uh, like you had a week and a half off, basically kind of a tough spot. So I yeah, I'm rolling with the orange here. No, no input on the total for me, by the way. This could go any direction, but yeah, I mean that the line doesn't make any sense. So let's just lean into it. I think I'll lay him with Syracuse, and the only reason is steering into the stinky line. Like uh, that's that's uh, sorry. I have two reasons. One is steering into the stinky line. Two is looking at SP plus, which says that Syracuse should be favored by about a touchdown here. Yeah. Um. But man, again, Syrac- SP plus is not uh is not weighted by recent performance. Like it's, it's factoring in week one, week two games as much as, you know, week seven, week eight games. And I am nervous about this pick. I don't like it at all. 
it's again, this line stinks. Just lock so, it up with me. No, no, why not? I can't. It's I'm not that much fun. <laughs> I'm not that much fun. Um, I'll I'll leave the total alone. I think that could go any number of directions. You're drinking could, on a Wednesday. You're drinking on Wednesday night. What do you mean you're not much fun? Drinking. Please. <laughs> Scott, you're gonna get kicked out of this podcast. You're more dome. More dome. More dome in the more dome in the dome, baby. More dome in the dome. Dilly dilly to that. Right, cheers. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Syracuse locked up for Mike. Uh, I got the. I've got the orange as well. I guess. Uh, no plays on the total here. We good. We are good. Let's move on. Let's move on. These weeknight previews brought to you by Section103.com, the Internet's premier place for all things wonderful Georgia Tech apparel. They've got T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. Uh, They've got things for men, women, children, something for the whole family. Uh, Things with the official Tech gold, uh, the official Tech word marks, uh, the ATL logo. They've got jerseys for Haynes King, Dante Smith, Zach Pyron. Uh, They even came out with one for Joe Hamilton, kind of commemorating his 1999 uh, Heisman runner-up season. he was the best player in college football. Ron Dane got the uh, the career career service award basically there. Um, so Joe Hamilton's our guy. Uh, support to him. Uh, go to section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order there. We really appreciate their support for this podcast, your support for them. Uh, they've got stickers. They've got all sorts of cool things there. If you're trying to show your, your support for Georgia Tech, go to section103.com. And by the way, as the weather starts to get cooler here, you're looking to represent your team. I cannot recommend enough the coach hoodie, the gray coach hoodie. Uh, they've got a short sleeve version if you want to look like Brent Key. They've got a longer sleeve version if you're a normal person. You get kind of chilly when uh, when the weather gets cold outside. Um, go get one of those. It is so soft. It is so comfortable. Keeps you warm. Looks great. Keeps your support of Georgia Tech going. Great to wear to the game. Great to wear out You know when you go grocery shopping or do whatever else you do. Um, highly, highly recommend that hoodie. Uh, I am not wearing it right now because it is in my laundry because I was already wearing it this week. Um, so, again, uh, I, I've made very, very good use of that hoodie. Highly recommended if you get your hands on one. Once again, use promo code GOACC at section103.com to get 10% off your first order. Shout out to Steven and the gang. Really, really appreciate their support. I am wearing my Section 103 Georgia Tech shirt right now. boy. So, just want Bobby Dodd Stadium, your happy place. It is. I haven't worn that shirt in a little while, though. Is uh, Hyundai Field your happy place? I'm going to have to just attend a game in that stadium one time just to say I've I've been there for both iterations. You know? The one good thing about the ACC schedule release is I believe next year the Techno Bowl resumes. Blacksburg. Oh. Okay, well, maybe, maybe by the time our kids are in kindergarten, See we can uh, meet up in Atlanta for a game. There. See you there. I need to make it up to Blacksburg, honestly. Yeah. So maybe we uh, maybe we do a live recording from up there at some point. Ooh. Yes. Don't threaten me with a good time. That's right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, noon on Saturday on ABC, the number 15 Notre Dame fighting Irish on the road, taking on the Clemson Tigers. Uh, noon, Mike, noon, on, noon on ABC, just like we all predicted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't get punted to like the CW or something like that. Um, put, put Notre Dame on the CW, please. That would be hilarious. Uh, Notre Dame's a three-point road favorite here. That's kind of a small line. Uh, totals 44 and a half. I, dude, the lines just so far all this week, all of them stink, Mike. Every one of them stinks. And no, like Notre Dame should, I feel like should be favored by more than this. Like this should be six or seven at this point. Yeah. Are, are you are you steering in? Are you are you on Clemson here? I have no interest in betting on Clemson. <laughs> none. None. What what's so how many points I understand Notre Dame's on the road. How many points do the Irish need to score in in your opinion to win this football game? Just to win? To win the football game. How many points do you think they need to score? I would say they've got three. a 95% chance of winning if they score three. 27 points. <laughs> three. Scott's yelling three. 27 points. Okay. I was going to go like either 24 or 27 points would yeah. give them like a 95% chance of winning. That's where I'm at too. I think if they score 24 or more points, I think they win the game. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame's defense is really good really good very good like real good like shut down marvin harrison jr good yeah notre dame's offense sometimes moves the ball <laughs> they're okay they are not great <laughs> they are not the best offense sam hartman's been a part of in his career that's for sure that is for sure I have a hard time seeing uh, the story of this game for me is I have a really, really hard time seeing Clemson move the ball for four quarters against Notre Dame's defense. Mm-hmm. Defense travels tends to travel, yeah. right? Defense tends to travel. I have a really hard time seeing Clemson with what we've seen out of Cade Klubnick. We don't know Will Shipley's status after he got knocked out of last week's game that I'm aware of. Joey, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know anything on Will Shipley's status. We have no was, idea if he's playing. He was in the protocol, concussion protocol. Yeah. At the beginning of the week. So depending TBD. on how clears that. So t- four hours ago, you, still day to day. We'll see. TBD. Very TBD. I mean, if he doesn't play, is Notre Dame afraid of Phil Maffa? No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> No, they're not. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't even think Notre Dame's defense is that afraid of Will Shipley. I, they faced some good running backs this year, and who's really gashed them? They, Louisville had some success in the second half running the ball, right, with Jawar Jordan, I guess. But that was a that's a game that kind of spiraled quickly. Man, I am just not – I don't really have a whole, like, rash of reasons to pick Clemson here. I think you're right. Oh, right? I, I think you're on the right line. side. 
weird line. I'll but, take Notre Dame as a road favorite, I think. I, and I think if nothing else, it does feel like Notre Dame's defense versus Clemson's offense is a mismatch. And it's kind of the same thing of this like Duke defense versus Wake's offense. Like, am I really confident in Notre Dame's offense to move the ball on Clemson's defense? Not really, but do I think that Notre Dame's defense can create some short fields and you know possibly even set up, you know, set up or generate a touchdown of its own? Yeah. I think so. And for a small spread like this, the way Clemson's been playing, some of the stuff I saw Cade Klubnick do last week, man, I agree with our guy, Harry Balls. Like, Clemson's <laughs> a dumpster fire, man. Like, he's back. It, it's a little bit of a dump, dumpster fire situation. And, and I definitely, I bring that up specifically because I want to agree with that comment, not because I just want to bring up the commenter's name. I, right. Um, you know, I think dumpster fire is appropriate to, to mention here. No, it's, it's not actually, but I, um, yeah, no, I can't, I can't trust Cade Klubnick in that offense, especially, I don't even know how likely it is that Will Shipley plays again. That was a nasty hit. Did you Real see that? Ugly. hit that he took? It was ugly. I was worried about neck stuff, spinal stuff. Like it was not good. And he was down for a while and I just, Hard to see him playing to his full potential this week. And if he doesn't, the rest of the Clemson offense, I don't think they're moving the yeah. ball on Notre Dame. So Mm-mm. I think Notre Dame and the under here for me. Um, yeah, I, I think it's under either way. But yeah, yeah, Notre Dame and the under. Yeah, the uh, the the one other thing I want to bring up, and, and you were mentioning, you know, do you have a ton of confidence in Notre Dame moving the ball on Clemson? Not really. Caveat to that. I'm going to say not really in the first quarter. I have a decent amount of confidence they'll move the ball on Clemson in the fourth quarter. At some point, that defense is going to get tired. At some point, that defense is going to get tired. I mean, we, we've we seen that a few times, right? They'll be on the field the whole game. Yeah. Um, saw it against Miami. Saw it last week. Like, it's, at some point, the defense is just going to get tired. And that's going to be it. So, yeah, give me, give me Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the unders the play. Give me Notre Dame. We might come back to it later. Yeah. <laughs> there is a piece of me that is uh, completely understands where Volusia's orange is coming from. Remember, I told you twice last week that Georgia Tech was going to win against North Carolina as a mm-hmm. double-digit dog. Like, mm-hmm. Blues Oranges, that said, I'm taking us to win. No real reason why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes Fair. in college football, teams win for no no apparent reason. And it's not anything predictable and just weird stuff happens. That is 100% on the table here. That that could happen. <laughs> They're still talented. Something dumb happens. Yeah, you, you break a couple big plays. You, you get a turnover in the right place. You know. Hey, it was BYOG. Bring your own guts. And and I bet it will be on the field. Gonna have to be. It's about Dabo, all. Dabo not short fans. on uh not short on sound bites this week. So yeah. Wonder if Tyler from Spartanburg's gonna be there. Oh yeah, there it is. If you know, you know. <laughs> Go Tigers! All right, uh, Notre Dame and the under for the both of us, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. All right. Uh, also at noon on the ACC Network, Mike, the North Carolina Tar Heels hosting the Campbell Camels. Whoa, Carolina. Whoa. That's the Campbell Fighting Camels, baby. Fighting Camels. 
I only know that because that was my team in NCAA 08 basketball that I would just take and win national championships with. <laughs> what a random pick. If you, have uh, you uh, discussed with your therapist like how you came up with Campbell for NCAA 08? Their mascot was a goofy-looking-ass Campbell. Or a camel. Just that go tracks. look at him. He's all, he's all lanky. I just thought it was funny. That he works. Likes, he likes their soup. Yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, yeah. Should be an easy walkthrough for North Carolina here. You, yes. You're, com- you're coming off back-to-back losses as double-digit favorites. Don't make it three in a row. Give me the heels. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a spread here, so we're not really like picking that. But uh, Campbell has a six-point win over Maine, a three-point win at Hampton. Uh, two touchdown win at Monmouth, and they blew out the Citadel. They've lost to William and Mary. They lost to Elon, NC Central, and Richmond. So, uh, yeah, a couple teams that have played competitive games with ACC teams they have lost to. So Evan Sandage in the comments pulls a Chip Patterson and says, "But wouldn't it be hilarious?" Yes, <laughs> yes, it would. Nothing would be funnier. And you want to talk about this season. game? This game being someone's Super Bowl. Those dudes, if they go out there and beat North Carolina, they will tell their grandkids about that. And uh, that, that counts for something. All the guys running out with that goofy-looking camel on their jersey. They're all, like, our size running out of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Carolina, I think, wins comfortably. I'm not not concerned, I swear. They're going to be taking pictures with their girlfriends on the field after the game like you did in high school. Yeah. But they're not going to They're gonna crop out the scoreboard because they lost, like, 73-6. to six. You had a girlfriend in high school? Never mind. Uh, two o'clock <laughs> on the CW. Morehead, baby. Morehead. <laughs> Please. Oh, God. All right, Scott. <laughs> That's enough. Enough. <laughs> this was a family program. And then I went to Boston College now. Just kidding. <laughs> Jesuit school, for those wondering. Two o'clock on the CW, noted ACC football channel. Uh, I believe this is before the home improvement reruns, uh, but, you know, I, I didn't check your local listings. Two o'clock on the CW, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets on the road in Charlottesville, taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, Virginia, two-point home favorite here. Total is 57 and a half. I, first, first of all, first of all, pass. No, yeah. thank yes. you in terms of actually wagering on this game. Absolutely not. I'm hoping that this is like the Boston College UVA game that was on the CW in late September. That was an entertaining game. That was a great, that that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Mid-afternoon, nobody's really paying attention because there's a bunch of big games that day. And here comes BC UVA flying under the radar, scoring like a billion points in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean possible there are there are so many uh mixed vibes here mike i'll say yeah um first Couple of all I, I i've mentioned before charlottesville house of horrors for georgia tech that's one traditionally played terribly there number two uh underdogs are basically undefeated on the cw on the cw this year uh-huh. that's two and here we are um this is the north carolina losing streak game by the way um mm-hmm. These are the last two teams that have played and beaten North Carolina. Mm-hmm. The only two teams that have beaten North Carolina this year. 
Um, seems like Virginia might be getting better. Uh, Georgia Tech is in an odd game. This is their ninth game of the year, which is so far not going very well at all. They're 0-4 in games 1, 3, 5, and 7. Um, I <laughs> Georgia Tech is in a road spot here, which is a good thing. So there's just like all sorts of mixed mixed bags of things going on here that I don't know what to believe. I don't want to pick this game. If if you put a gun to my head and said, you know, place your own hard-earned money on this game, I would say pull the trigger. Um, I no thank you. I I no. Yeah. Do you have a read on this at all, Mike? No. I know people come here for like our opinions on this stuff, but no, I don't. I think the wrong team is probably favored, but I also think that UVA has been getting better the last couple of weeks and everything you just said, Georgia tech has trouble in Charlottesville, but then also there's the underdog on the CW factor, which is just definitely a stat to note because that's turning into a thing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm just going to lay in with UVA. I'm not I think so too. I'm not being I'm not being a hater. I just think the wrong team's favorite. I'm just gonna lean into the line. So call it an emotional hedge or whatever, but I think I'm with you. I think just laying with Virginia and this feels a little bit like Vegas throwing their hands up saying who the hell knows. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and I go back to that Bill Conley tweet that I that I mentioned in the in the recap that we did for week nine. It's like Georgia Tech has wildly over and underperformed in every game they've been in for a month now. Like, who knows? Aren't they? Aren't they also alternating wins and losses? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. this is a loss week. Yeah. Give give me give me UVA. Yeah. So far this year, in eight games, Georgia Tech has lost one, lost one, lost one, lost one. Like, I don't know. Sure. Why not? Like. Do you win and start reading your press clippings and then lose and start reading your press clippings? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't know. This is um, the type of game. This is the type of game that Brent Key loses. It is, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it's really unfortunate because, like, this is, if you're going to make a bowl game, need it. It's probably one that you really, really need. And I, I, I hope that they can find a way to get it done. But I, I just don't know some some of the stuff I saw against North Carolina. Like, does that get exploited? Like some of the defensive stuff, getting the calls into in and and getting lined up, just basic yeah. stuff like that. Virginia's offense seems like they're kind of putting it together a little bit. You know, they're they're running the ball pretty well. I feel like, and and Tony Musket settling in a little bit. Like Mike Hollins having a nice little year. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He's not really racking up big yards, but he's he's doing really well in short yardage situations and he just scores a million touchdowns. Yeah, he's punching it in. He's you know twelve carries for three touchdowns on most every game. It feels like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I Virginia in a, in a weird way, Virginia is looking a little bit more consistent right now than Georgia Tech is. And so, yeah, for that reason, if if only that reason, I guess just lay him with Virginia. Yep. Feels yep. weird. Does feel weird. Totals 57 and a half. Uh, I would uh, probably I mean, pass. I guess, again, gun to my head, I'd probably take the over. I'm leaning over here. Yeah, I'd, I'd lean over, but I'm going to pass on as well. Tech's defense has significant problems. Um, just, again, getting lined up. Getting lined up, yeah. Basic stuff that 
results in big issues if you don't do it right. Yeah, they're looking like they don't have a coach on the defense side of the ball. He did it again. He did it again. This is like the third time in the last four podcasts. He's hit the back button and closed himself out of the feed. Unreal. Uh, I guess we'll do the home field and, home field and uh, Vivid Seas series now. Sure. He did it again. He did it again, Joey. I'm ashamed. Okay. We're presented by home. Yeah. I, I was uh, going to prompt you for the, the the other ad reads anyways. So good. Yeah, perfect. Go good timing. I said, I guess I'll just do the uh, ad reads now. I'm gonna go, uh, I might go get more bourbon while you're uh, doing that. Beautiful. I'll do that. I'll take my time. We are sponsored by home field. Uh, again, really comfortable licensed collegiate apparel, vintage designs, extremely soft, comfortable shirts, sweatshirts, you name it. They have a featured game every week where they do like a, a limited, you know, limited release mini collection. They do a lot of cool stuff over at Homefield. We're really happy they are partners with us. Use promo code GOACC at checkout for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. And if you we like basketball, also- they're doing some basketball release this week or something for the college basketball season. And you can Start use the, the code season. on anything. So just use it. Anything. Yeah. So. Yeah, just make sure you're using that. I wanted also, to mention too that they yes. they just came out with some bomber jackets. Uh, there's one for Georgia Tech here. There's, uh, there's one for one. Clemson and Miami. There's one for Virginia Tech. Like these are super cool vintage bomber jackets too. By the way, they're they're like 160 bucks, but using our promo code, you get 15 percent off. So do that. Do that. Quick math. Quick math tells me that's uh, 24 bucks off. So do that. Bang. Very good mascot. Very good. Is that Virginia Tech education? Yes, yep. it is. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. <laughs> Invent the future. Okay. Uh, we're also presented by uh, our other sponsor, Vivid Seats. Had a almost blacked out there. Uh, if you're going to a football game this weekend, if you're going to any games the rest of the year, concerts, you name it, anything that really sells tickets, Vivid Seats is the third-party reseller for you. Use promo code BCPOD20 for $20 off your first order of $200 or more. When you use the link in the description of this video and wherever you are listening to the podcast today, you'll find it in the episode description. Use that link. Use the promo code. Helps us. Helps you. $20 off first order of $200 or more at VividSeats.com. Don't need to use it on a football game. Don't need to use it on a concert. I think I'm planning to use it on a play this holiday season. We now are in the month of November, so maybe go see cool. the Nutcracker. You just get use twenty dollars off and get your Nutcracker tickets. You know, there you go. If you're planning on going to a World Series game, well, it's over. You got to wait so. till next year. It's, it's okay. over. Now. It's over now. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, you missed your chance. Yeah. But find something else to go to, and uh, if it costs more than two hundred bucks, yeah, get get 20% off or $20 off, excuse me, uh, at vividseats.com using the promo code and the link in the description. Appreciate it. There's a nutcracker joke in there somewhere with how expensive tickets are these days. So just use the promo Please. code. Oh, good Lord, Scott. Again. We don't need to know what you're into. <laughs> Let's move to the afternoon slate, Mike. Uh, the 3.30 on ESPN, the number four Florida State Seminoles on the road in Pittsburgh, taking on the Pitt Panthers. Florida State, a 21.5-point road favorite here. Total is 50.5. Uh, okay, look. Like, I know that there's the existence of the Pitt super weapon. Um, 
Number one, I would say they probably already fired it in beating Louisville. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm not even sure that anyone's like making an effort to charge the super weapon right now, given some of the Pat Narduzzi comments after the game and the way that everything has gone this season. I think there's a good amount of quit in this team. And it, it just feels dumb to lay more than three touchdowns with a road team going to Pittsburgh. But I... I, I feel like Pitt is squarely on quit watch right now, and I am not going to be caught yeah. betting on the Panthers at the moment. So I'll lay them with Florida State. I am laying them as well. Pittsburgh is quitting. They have a interesting quarterback situation. Uh, Christian Veyer is not great. <laughs> Interesting is is a good word to describe anybody's quarterback situation. Like that's that's when things are going really well is when you describe it as interesting. It's slightly better than Wake Forest's, but it's not ideal. Yeah, not great. They're having some issues at quarterback. Uh, Christian Vayar, find the R. Find the R. Still looking for it. If you focus really closely, you still won't find it. Backup quarterback is a tight end. Um, that's true. Man. What's the incentive for Florida State here to just come out and be focused? What's the incentive? Not much. Because even like looking at next next week, they have... I'm searching too. Uh, what is it? It's... Uh, oh, no. Next week's Miami. So that's the look-ahead spot. So that's not ideal from a cover three touchdowns in the hook standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I won't be betting this on Saturday, so just yeah. keep that in mind. I'm not, I'm not going to be betting it for purposes of the mm-hmm. podcast. So, even with a look ahead spot, I don't see it with Pittsburgh. No, yeah, I you don't either. To, you have to be doing something well in order for me to like take you to cover three scores. And Pitt doesn't do a whole lot of anything well. Yeah, not really, especially on offense. Like if if Florida State's defense is like halfway there. I mean, pit it and getting more than 10 points in this game. Yeah. Like, yeah. Lay him with Florida State, I think. And I could see this being, yeah, like 38 to 10, something like that. Yeah. Um, Again, clear look ahead spot for Florida State. Um, No incentive to run it up here. Like, just get get to a comfortable lead and, and get to the end of the game. So it's it, a number like this. I would not bet with my own money, but I feel comfortable laying the number given again, the, the quit watch factor on Pittsburgh. Like they haven't been good and I think it's about to get worse. And yeah, so sure. I guess lay it for the purposes of the podcast or for like your pick them. Um, SP plus without being able to, you know, SP plus an advanced analytics system does not really have a, a quit watch factor in it. So uh, it has Florida State by 19 for what that's worth. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Knowles, I guess. Knowles, it's going to be right near the number, though. I don't think this is going to be like uh, what Notre Dame did to Pittsburgh last weekend. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. I think it'll be like 35-10 or something like that. I would not be betting the the full game total, by the way. Um, If If – if you feel strongly about how this is going to go, I would bet one of the team totals. 
I would be betting either. I, I, I'm guessing. So the implied score here is going to be. Oh gosh, what like, yeah, thirty-eight to ten would put you pretty close, like forty-one thirteen, ish. Not even really forty-one to ten. Yeah, forty-one to ten. Yeah, it's about right. Um, if anything, maybe Florida State team total under, like. Uh, do I think that they call them off and, and just it's they come up short of 41 points? Yeah, maybe, but I, I would not be betting the total in this game at all. I'm off the total. So Florida yeah. state and stay away on the total for me for purposes of the podcast. Yep. All right. Well, there you got it. Florida state for the both of us and uh, no thanks on the total. Uh, 3.30 also on the ACC Network, uh, also at 3.30 on the ACC Network. Uh, it's, a, it's a different TV channel than Florida State Pittsburgh can be found on. Right. The Virginia Tech Hokies on the road in Louisville taking on the number 13 Cardinals. Uh, Louisville, a nine-and-a-half point home favorite. Total is 48-and-a-half. Yeah. Like, this spread is coming down. This it was is. This opened at, what was it, like 12 or something? It was. It opened at 12. Are you surprised this number coming down that far across 10 already? I'm surprised it opened at 12. I thought this would be Louisville eight, eight and a half. That's what I was thinking. So hmm. this is more in the neighborhood of what I actually expected it to be. I was surprised it opened at 12. Hmm. Uh, so uh, real easy here. Uh, Virginia Tech's going on the road. They've been a much different team away from home this year uh, than they have been at Lane Stadium, especially since Kyron Drones took over. Virginia Tech also, like the last running back they faced like this in Jawar Jordan, assuming he's a full go and healthy, which, I mean, he looked good last week. Assuming that he plays, which we're all anticipating, the last running back they faced in a winnable game because you can't even really count the Florida state game as a winnable game. Trey Benson. Benson. Yeah. Right. So in a winnable game was what Marshall I was going to say or Rutgers. I mean, two, two decent running back rooms there. Rasheen Ali went 27 carries for 174 and two scores. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, on one hand you could be like, all right, yeah. Virginia Tech's rushing defense is really starting to figure it out. And then you look at the teams they've played, they've played Pittsburgh, they played Wake Forest, they've played Syracuse. And like I mentioned on the recap, it's great that Virginia Tech has been able to separate themselves against kind of the really bad teams in the ACC. That's a really good sign. They've been able to gain separation. Really good. I am not confident that Virginia Tech's rushing defense has all of a sudden just figured it out. Mm hmm. Uh, I think that they've improved, certainly. I don't think that they're all of a sudden like they've been playing like a top, you know, five or six rushing defense in the ACC, which I don't think they are. They, they've been playing that way since you take out the Florida State game. They've been playing that way for about a month. I I don't think that they are like that. Right. I don't think they're real. Yeah. So I don't trust Virginia Tech's rushing defense here against Jawar Jordan. I think if Virginia Tech's able to get after the passer here, I think this game gets a lot more competitive. Virginia Tech's been really good last couple of weeks against two really, really bad offensive lines, Wake Forest and Syracuse. And we've talked about this, right? Jack Plummer. Jag. 
Jag, Jag plumber. Jag plumber, right? So if Virginia Tech stops the run here, they're probably going to win the game because I don't think that Plummer is going to just throw all over Virginia Tech secondary. Mm-hmm. But I look at the other side, and Virginia Tech's offense has been good, but they haven't played a defense of this caliber since Florida State. And I look at just the defense they've played in general this season. This is probably the second toughest test to date behind the Seminoles. On the road, feeling great about things. Louisville, lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Yeah, I I don't see it here. I think this is a step back this week for Virginia Tech. Uh, totally valid point by Hari Balls. This game puts the winner in the driver's seat for the ACC championship game, which is a really weird thing to be saying about Virginia Tech at this point in the year. But just as we all predicted, as the math goes, like that is factual. Um, that is completely true. Uh, Evan Sandage and Caleb Fields locking up the Hokies, um, which, all right, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I'm going to point out, and this is like a, a this is a number that is completely free of context in any like in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the Hokies have won three out of the last four. They're looking pretty good. They've three all four of those games against ACC competition. Like the three wins against ACC teams. Do you know what the combined record? in conference play of those ACC teams is off the top of my head. Syracuse has not won a conference game yet. Pittsburgh has won one conference game, right? That's Louisville. And then Wake Forest is the other and Wake Forest has what? One conference win. They are two and 11, 10, 11 between the three of them. Yeah. Now three of the 11 were to Virginia tech. So, you know, there's a little bit played in. Yeah, there's that. But in non-Virginia Tech games, even still, they're they're two and eight in conference yeah. play. And yeah. again, free of context, Syracuse had a bad run of the three teams they played. You know, like all this stuff. I get that, but like, it's a real running back this week, a real running back. Like Hokies on the road inside of ten points against a like fairly decidedly good Louisville team, like that kind of blew out Notre Dame a few weeks ago and such. Like, yeah. Virginia Tech's getting better. I don't know that they're this much better. I don't know that they're ready for the show, if, you know, we'll call it that. Um, I'm also making big assumptions that Louisville is not going to just totally no-show this after a a win, a a good emotional win over Duke last week. I'm with you. Give me Louisville. And I think we got to lock that up, Mike. Lock up the Cardinals. You better lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Getting it inside of 10 points. Jeff Brom's got that team playing really well. The defense, as we talked about on the recap, playing very well. Um, I I will say something that I don't know that we've really touched on much in this show is uh, the switch to Kyron Drones, I think, has really changed the outlook of the season for Virginia Tech. But yeah, I don't know that that really makes a huge huge difference in this game yeah um yeah i i think as long as you avoid a letdown from a supposedly emotional win over duke last week yeah i think duke i think louisville can roll in this game yeah this this louisville team is capital g good virginia tech's gonna have louisville's full attention with how the Hokies have been playing coming in mm-hmm. uh 
this is a t- this is a tough spot for Virginia Tech. The mm-hmm. fans are the fans. I just see social media. Fans are real in on Virginia Tech. They should be. I think the Hokies can make a bowl game. Season's really turned around. A lot of year two of a rebuild. A lot of good things going on right in in mm-hmm. October, and a lot of reason for optimism. Louisville is really good. <laughs> They're good. Beginning of the year, I was thinking, yeah, I mean, they might just be a product of an easy schedule. Roster's real good, guys. Brom is a good coach. He will have them ready. They're at home. This is Virginia Tech's just been a different team away from home this year, too. Like, can't underestimate that. Kyron Drones on the road. Like, this is he's gone to Tallahassee and he played fine. But this is a really tough spot here for Virginia Tech, man. I don't, I don't see it. So, yeah, don't see it. Uh, I do want to respond to one thing we got in the comments here from Hokie Nation Talk Show. Virginia Tech's defense not figuring it out had zero total rushing yards allowed last week. Scroll up. I mean, we talked about this a couple minutes ago. This is a good running. This is a really good running back they're playing. Like Trey Benson, right? Okay, so Virginia Tech had a good showing against Pittsburgh. And then what did Trey Benson do to Virginia Tech when Tech went to Tallahassee? He ran all over him. And Jawar Jordan is a similar caliber running back. I just don't think that Virginia Tech just has the magic potion has all of a sudden figured it out, man. Like there's that there have been bad teams they've been playing with not very good running running back rooms. And this is one of the best they'll see all year. So I don't feel good about the Hokies this week. Feel good about them making a bowl game. Don't feel great this week. What do you think their strategy is, though? I mean, like Pitt, who did they kick the crap out of? Mm-hmm. crap out of louisville we know the transitive property doesn't exist but like right. he's a guy jag Prumler's a guy they if they sell out to stop the run can't they win the game the the, the louisville pit game we we talked about that that was like louisville was definitively the better team on like 80 to 85 percent of the plays but there were a small handful that like really turned the game basically for louisville like like there were like two red zone turnovers. I think one of them went back for a touchdown for Pitt. Eighty five like, yards, eighty five yard pick six. Yeah, I, yeah. it's just like the, the the other one that gets that has been getting brought up. I think in the group chat a little bit is like you know how did Boston College keep it so close against Florida State? It's like there are so many contextual things there. I think Florida State had like the flu going through. That was the red bandana game. They I think they switched to Thomas Castellanos not mm. long before. Like I just don't know how much like that's a repeatable normal thing that like well yeah like louisville's not as good a team as Pitt. yeah like i think that game again you play that game 10 times i think louisville wins seven or eight like i just it was a weird the spot on the schedule and just everything that happened in there it's just i don't think that that's a a normal standard matchup when those two teams play if they play 10 times or more yeah i think virginia tech does try to sell out to stop the run but yeah make jag Plummer beat you make Jack Plummer beat you, but I just don't know how many points. I mean, Virginia Tech's going to have to score 24 to 27 points, and this is the best defense they've played. And, I mean, outside of Florida State, it's the best defense I think Virginia Tech's seen all season. So It's probably right. Do them or Rutgers, maybe? Maybe Rutgers. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. Um. 
Yeah, we got some thoughts here in the comments. Uh, Evan Sanders, the fans have lost their mind and think we're going to upset Florida State in the ACC championship game. I'm assuming that's referring to Virginia Tech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. That's, you know, that's that's maybe a bridge too far. but A uh, couple. Yeah. I'd say a couple. There you go. Uh, all right. We both have Louisville locked up here. Um, this, this is the first time in like a month that I think I've locked something up as we uh, go through the games the first time. So that's yeah. noteworthy. Um, I think I think especially getting it inside of ten is where I'm I'm pretty gung ho on that. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Mike, to the night slate, and it's just one game at eight o'clock on the ACC Network. <laughs> the Miami Hurricanes on the road at NC State in they're in Raleigh taking on the NC State Wolfpack. Miami's a four and a half point road favorite. Over under is forty five and a half. Uh, Mike, is there a reason I should not be locking up the Wolfpack? I was going to say, now that there's not NC State lock it up, we're locking up another <laughs> one tonight, baby. You better lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Get, lock it up. Please. Getting frisky. I've locked up Syracuse Boston College. I've locked up <laughs> NC State last game of the night. See how the day's been going. As Scott Van Pelt says, you fire on a late night game. <laughs> Feeling good about yourself. It's not exactly like watching san jose state play at like 2 a.m but it's something <laughs> big bob yeah. on the call all right i can i can by the way yeah um damn i am tempted to lock up nc state here join me I, brother two two lock two lock unions on this podcast tonight let's do it uh let me triple check i'm pretty sure what i said earlier because we know what miami has to go do next week right mm-hmm They'll be on the road in Tallahassee. So mm-hmm. going to Raleigh a week before that at night against the Wolfpack. Yeah, we're locking up NC State. Give me the Wolfpack. Lock, lock them up. up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Something something that I don't think we've really mentioned, and especially coming off that Clemson win. NC State now, Mike. This this is pretty decidedly like a down year. For the Wolfpack, right? Like that is that a fair statement? Of, this is this is below standard for what they have been, basically since we've been doing this podcast. Uh, yes, I would I would say so. Mike, they're one win away from making a bowl game. They are, and if your down year is making a bowl game, that is a damn good coaching job. And mm-hmm. we keep talking about how good this defense is. Miami's offense has not been very special in recent weeks. Uh, something doesn't lo- really look right with Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah, uh, he didn't play two weeks ago. He didn't look very good last week. Didn't look great the week before that. Uh, getting you know taking a bunch of shots against North Carolina. Yeah, he's got seven turnovers in his last three ACC starts. Yeah, and as we mentioned in the recap, if you're willing to give it up, you know who's willing to take it. That would be that NC State defense. Mm-hmm. Do I think Miami's defense is glitchy enough to give up a couple of big plays to MJ Morris and? Devin Concepcion and, and some of the boys. Yeah, I do. I do. I think NC State very well could win this game on the field. I like, think I think so that too. is on the table. I think so, too. Don't go into Raleigh at night and just expect to come out with a win. That is that is not an easy place to play, and especially with coming off the Clemson win, like that fan base is going to be fired up. That, is, that stadium is going to be rocking. Um, if, if Miami goes down – seven nothing ten nothing early that thing might be over quickly i don't know this is a fun live betting game too mm-hmm. this is this has got really fun live bet potential 
yeah into that sort of thing yep this is a classic college football like context betting spot like objectively who's the better team miami. probably miami miami i would say yeah but this more spot, balanced yeah this spot front to back like I don't think it's a look ahead for NC State, given that they got to go to Winston Salem and play Wake Forest next week. I just, I just don't. Should, should get to a bowl game even if you lose this weekend. Yep. Yeah. I, I think the Wolfpack's fired up here. I think they. Uh, I'm not going to lock up the money line here, but. Oh my God! You, if we so, had a money line sprinkle segment on this show, this would be one of mine for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dangerous, dangerous spot for Miami. This is tough. Look ahead spot for the Hurricanes. Plus, you don't trust them anyways. A short road favorite. Um, NC State feeling good about themselves after the Clemson game. Raleigh at night is not a fun place to go play if you're an away team. Miami's defense being glitchy, like you mentioned. Yes, very much so. MJ Morris, like if you have a young quarterback, they tend to play more confidently at home. See my Kyron Drones comment from earlier. Mm-hmm. Young quarterbacks at home tend to be a little bit more comfortable. Get the crowd behind you a little bit. Yeah, this is a really tough spot for Miami. Yep, yep. Evan Sandage, salty Dave Doran ain't losing a primetime game. Might not. Might not. Yeah, might not. I I do know one coach in a tight ball game who would be willing to give the game away, though. <laughs> and he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's not on NC State's sideline, I'll tell you that. Is there a uh Connor Stallions might be though, so just yeah. keep an eye out for him. Could be on yeah. yeah, it's like a it's like a game of where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, where's like Waldo? Connor Stallions, Carmen San Diego, C S. Yeah. yeah. Is there a, a there's an Illuminati reference in here somewhere? There, there's a fun I mean the the fun call out for offenses in college football is where's Waldo? And they're usually referring to the Mike linebacker. Where's Waldo now refers to, you know, your own sidelines too with assistant coaches. Cause now you got Jim McElwain's sorry ass having to defend himself. Wonder why Connor Stallions was on his sideline for one of the games earlier this year. What a name, by the way, Connor Stallions. You know what that sounds like? You know, I'll leave that alone. Please. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Good Lord, Scott. <laughs> I think that concludes my analysis of this game, Mike. <laughs> that was the uh, me, me to Scott on that one. That was the wait till LeBron, like yeah. the iconic picture. That was an alley oop for him. Just uh, throwing that, throwing alley oop up. Yeah. Whew. All right. Uh, I think that's all I got there. It's going to be fun Should to we, listen uh, back to. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Should we uh, recap the uh, Bowling Green win, by the way, who the Falcons probably going bowling at this point? Yeah, Scott Leffler is just going to keep being the coach at Bowling Green, I guess. Congrats, Scott. It's a big honor. Big honor. Did they miss a field goal? They chose not to kick one. At they the elected. would have gotten them cover. They elected not to kick one, from what I understand. I did not watch hmm. this. Hmm. So yeah, I didn't watch it either. Wednesday night uh, in action. Heard people were mad about it because Bowling Green is a four and a half point favorite, and they were uh, they were up by three. And yeah, I guess elected not to kick a field goal late in the game. Turned yeah. it over into a turnover on downs 
instead at the uh, yeah. Ball State 26-yard line. So, yeah. Tom Fornelli said something along the lines of, well, Bowling Green, he could just simply kick the field goal. Because his Twitter tip of the day was Bowling Green. I think minus Look, four and a half, minus five and a half. If you put your betting faith in Scott Leffler, you get what you get, Mike. You get what you get. You don't get to be mad about it. Evan Sanders, Scott Leffler continues to fall upward. <laughs> Northwestern and Michigan State are both looking for head coaches. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> boy, oh boy. That would be the perfect, perfect outcome of this season. Imagine Scott Leffler coaching against like Ryan Day. <laughs> oh, man, that would be hilarious. Talk about a tactical advantage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Scott Leffler is basically like the uh, the Chris Pratt meme of like, I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing here and I'm I'm too afraid to ask at this point. Like, yeah. And I also like the uh, <clears throat> the uh, fun the fun meme that goes around is like Ryan day. Like, is he really any good? It's like the fun thing, right? Like big game Ryan day. Yeah. He always tends to his teams sometimes show up sometimes don't. Is he really all that good? Uh, you know, some people will be asking that when he goes up against Scott Leffler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our guy. Our guy. Falcons are five and four, Mike. Starting to look like a quality loss for the Jackets, honestly. I think you should be ranking Georgia Tech at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. When I watched. That, that, that's what I was thinking when I looked at the score and saw Bowling Green sneak by Ball State on a Wednesday night. I was like, you know what? Quality loss for the Jackets. That's right. Makes it all better. Makes it all better. I am wearing my Georgia Tech shirt, after all. boy. <laughs> so. Uh, Mike, I think that's all I got. Should we recap our locks here? Let's do it. We both have Louisville minus the nine and a half against the Hokies. We both have NC State plus the four and a half against Miami. And we both have, or you have Syracuse minus the two and a half at home against Boston College. Um, I do not have the cojones to join you on that. Um, Guess you don't like making money on a Friday night. I'm, if, if I had to lock something, a third thing up, it would probably be the under in the Wake Forest and Duke game. Um, that's 44 and a half. I am very close to doing that. And I, if, if I get that to Scott before he, uh, makes the graphic, I, we might go there, but keep okay. tuned there to see are, if, uh, if I do that or not. Are you betting Notre Dame Clemson? Are you going to bet that? No, no. no. Okay. Too much variance that could, that could go in a lot of ways. So okay. just wondering. I, uh, yeah, no, I, I just, it's like as much as Clemson has been kind of uh, incompetent on offense, like there's always the chance they could put it together. Like how, do, how else do I explain the the near miss against Florida State earlier this year? Like that's that's one of the things I keep going back to is like they're not – I don't think they're bad if, if they could pull that off. It's – I don't know. Hard to make a lot of sense of. So, no, I, I'm just going to pass on that game. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Mike, you want to work on getting out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, first off, really appreciate the folks in the chat who joined us. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Again, doing a, a live preview. If you wanted to join in the chat for a future recording, we're probably going to do Saturday Night Fever. I think that's on the table this week, right? right? Yeah. It is. Yep. Yeah. I'll be, right. I'll be around. Saturday Night Fever. Tune in. That'll be roughly midnight Eastern. 
Um, come join us, youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Uh, join in the chat, join in the discussion as we go. We got some great community going here. We got a little bit of banter going back and forth. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. Appreciate the folks that come out and join us and, uh, and, and join in the, the fun discussions. Um, once again, youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast, hit this, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell icon, uh, make sure you're notified when we are going to go live. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at FTRS Joey at Mike McDaniel SI together at BC podcast ACC. You can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, any of those good places you go find audio version of your podcast. If that's your preferred method of listening, appreciate the folks who do that. Uh, you can send us an email to the longest email address known to man, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, Mike, where else are we in the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Instagram at BC podcast, ACC, youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's it, Mike. Did we forget anything? Scott, we good? We hit 250. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. On the 500. Y'all are the best. On the 500. Halfway there already. Absolutely. That's just math. That's just math. Podcast motto. It's just math. It's just money. <laughs> it's our other podcast motto. It's just money. That's right. That's right. I think that's all I got, guys. Anything else? We're good. You want to come back and recap some games? Yeah, let's do it. Saturday Night Fever. Do it right for the first time in like a month. Do it right, baby. Do it right. Let's do it. All right. Until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, for producer Scott, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you, guys. So much for listening. And the claw. And the claw. <laughs> the claw. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Thanks Sorry. Thanks to the claw, too. Claw fans, baby. <laughs> we'll see if there's any of that this week. Uh, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.